1: You just have bad taste, Joel. I'm sorry. No, he's from Fightful, okay? Because he does a show with us now, so I can just say Fightful, and he can fill in the rest of the gaps. Uh, Ladies, and gentlemen, friends beyond the binary, the one, the only, Cam Hawkins joins us now. Hi, Cam.
2: Hey, guys. How's it going this morning?
1: Doing, doing,
2: buddy. Doing all right. Doing all right.
3: Look at that. He's from The Ringer as well, Joel. Give give him proper accreditation.
2: I'm from Camp Springs, Maryland. Is where I'm from. (laughs) Thank (laughs) you.
1: I put in I did add in the in the video description yes the ringer's involved yeah. because you no know, cam writes wonderful wonderful words uh better than I can speak them so yeah we're good what else well, that's yeah that's- man I was like how's that show going by the way you and Rob Wilkins do doing- it um so it's
2: it's crazy so like I love Rob number one let me start by you start with love you start with love I love Rob I, I told Rob I said Rob I'm not doing a weekly show I'm not doing it. I am I will do a show monthly because, yeah, we have people like you, Joe, Jeremy, who do this thing very, very well. And I, you know, um, believe it or not, I'm kind of to myself. I kind of exist in my little cave like very often. And so I read everything. I listen to everything. Like I'm the guy who i'll watch like dan Lebetard talk about a thing and then stephen a smith talk about a thing and then skip bayless talk about a thing you know what i mean like i get all of the information and so i'm always like i don't necessarily have anything new to contribute to the weekly wrestling conversation there are people who are very good at it who do it so i said rob not doing a weekly show somehow rob decided that the show was weekly (laughs) and i'm like (laughs) all right well um but the last two weeks rob's been very good to me um as as I bring the show down, um, I was very public about it. I started therapy and that was very important for me. And part of me doing therapy was adjusting my schedule a little bit. Um, I was a little bit more to myself about the things I was doing. Um, And, and Rob's been very understanding, but we are going to come back Sunday because listen, not only is it going to be post NXT, not only is it going to be pre-wrestle dream, but it's literally going to be in like the ending hours of the Toy Story Jacksonville Atlanta game, and how can I not give my impressions on that either glorious display or absolute damn debacle? It is going to be amazing. Um, so yeah, me and Rob. Um, my point is, uh, this coming Sunday morning, I guess it's noon Eastern, eleven Central. I look forward to it.
3: Yeah
1: first of all flattery will get you everywhere uh secondly um i i want to i do want to bring it around i do want to say um i i i saw that you had started therapy and that you were being very uh, open about that and and i want to give kudos to that i know i i will say i've done this so privately um i am someone who speaks very openly about my therapy journey as well and i think that erasing a stigma on therapy is a very important thing, and I'm glad that you have decided to be open and upfront about the fact that you have uh, have started that. So, good luck on the journey. It's it's a yeah. fun one, and it's a busy one, and it's a crazy one.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's been um, it's it's interesting to sit back and like, you know, they hit you with the like. So tell me what's going on, and then you you start talking, and you look back, and you've been talking for an hour and a half, and then like <laughs> you look at the therapist, and their eyes are like. It's like, Oh, that's a, that's a thing. Okay. It's not, it wasn't just in my head. So yeah, man, it's been really cool so far. I'm I'm looking, like I said, I'm looking forward to the journey because, um, something that I kind of downplay, but have to acknowledge like a lot of people kind of look up to me, like, you know, everybody's kids to me, but you know, it's people, our age it's people from our demographic, but it's also young people. Like I know you guys get it, Jeremy. Um, you you, you you work so hard and so frequently. So I know it happens to you, Joel. You're so good at what you do. And I know like you guys DMs are like my DMs. It's, it's kids. How do I get started in this? How do I do this? Can you look at what I do? What's your idea for this? Who can I reach out to? And for me, those people knowing that it's not all unicorns and rainbows is super important to me. And so it's changed some conversations. And I'm happy to be a part of those because, you know, I want this thing to prosper. I want people to prosper too. People matter to me. So it's been really, really fun. Um, Just changing the conversation a little bit, for sure.
3: Anybody who hits me with the, I admire you thing. I hit them with the Charles Barkley. I'm not a role model. Do, <laughs> do not, do not look up to me. Mm-hmm. No, I, if there, anybody comes birthday? to me, wait, 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 is it your birthday? No, you? no, it's not my birthday. This balloon watch cam. Okay. Ready? Oh, hold on. Hold on. There it is. Look at this. <laughs> Yeah, we've discovered this.
1: this, this <laughs> the first half hour of this show was us freaking out over balloons.
2: Okay. Yeah, it's no, like- it's um, it's funny. This is like, this week is one of the most populous birthday weeks in America. When I was in the seventh grade, I had a Texas history teacher named Mr. Gray. Mr. Gray might have weighed 14 pounds in all those clothes he wore. Um, I said, Mr. Gray. Because my mother's birthday is September the 23rd. One of my best friend's birthday is September the 23rd. Little girl I used to chase, her birthday is September 23rd. And I said, Mr. Gray, why are so many people's birthday the last week of September? And Mr. Gray looks at me dead serious. He said, Cam, because it gets really, really cold in the winter. I said, oh, okay. All right. <laughs> People so, get bored around the Christmas time. <laughs> yeah. When you see a birthday balloon in September, you... You wonder, it could be right, but yeah, for sure.
3: My birthday is smack dab in the middle of September. It is the 15th, it was two okay. weeks ago. So, Gosh. it's uh, this balloon is a, a leftover balloon from a birthday, it was a month ago at this point. Uh, so, yeah.
2: why did the clown? Uh oh, I'm not uh, comfortable with
3: that. Penny, <laughs> No, Pennywise is attacking me today. It's very scary.
2: It's because that balloon's floating. Is that what it is? Yes, yeah.
3: yes, I don't like it. Mm. I don't like it. Yes, anyway. and we're here to talk allegedly about wrestling and, yep. and NXT. Uh, we do have a big NXT show coming up this Saturday, tomorrow night. NXT No Mercy. Cam, when you look at the card, what sticks out to you?
2: Um, Trick Williams, Dominic Mysterio. Um, so I was uh, I was on the conference call yesterday, um, and, and even though I don't get up up for wrestlers as celebrities as a san antonio kid as a kid who had to run laps because Shawn michaels literally stole his varsity football and put it on the news one night when Shawn michaels retired and i i told, I told mello when we interviewed like i hold that grudge to this day but as a as a san antonio kid being on a conference call with Shawn michaels is is crazy you know what i mean um but uh, my man, uh, Najir, Big Gold Belt Media, um, presented the question, you know, about the, the progression and the um, coronation is too soon, but the elevation of Trick Williams. And Shawn Michaels was very honest. He was like, listen, he is one of the two to three hardest working people in this building. And so you got to think about the names that are there, the people who are very, very good, the people who shine, the people we know are great. Trick Williams is in there working. He asks questions. He wants to get better. Um, You got to remember, Trick Williams was a receiver at South Carolina. Um, You know, the, the kid has swagger off the charts. And swagger is one of those buzzwords to say somebody's cool. No, no, no. You don't understand. Like, he carries himself like a superstar, but is the most humble person you've ever met. When uh myself, my man Phil Lindsey, um, from Fightful from Grab City, and my man Emilio Sparks, um, during WrestleMania season, we wrote a show for Sirius for Trick and Mellow, for Top Dollar and Ashanti, and for MVP and Omos for DJ Who Kids' show. And Trick comes in, you know, me and Melo like are friends. We have a different relationship. Trick is like, yo, I remember you from uh from Wiley Mania last year. And it was just love ever since then. Um he went in there, he gets on serious and he totally does a remix of Lil Wayne's good-looking rapper from Dedication 2. And it's like the most beautiful thing. And like we connect on that. It's great. Like, Like Trick Williams is love triple H. If Triple H was not around to tell Vince McMahon what Booker T was not, Booker T would have the opportunity to be what Trick Williams is going to be. Um he is just special man. Like you don't you know again Joel you're from up there. Um I know you know what's going on down here but Jeremy can speak to it man like it's hard to explain the appeal of an sec wide receiver whether they put up stats or not like odell beckham jr is a is a cultural reset not just for having one of the greatest catches ever but it's his look it's how he drew
1: catch those springtime vibes all over arizona break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best-kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.
2: Dresses. It's that women love him. It's that guys want to be around him. It's a different thing. And Trick Williams, again, like, if you look at his build, his athleticism, the way he carries himself, that is so world television title era Booker T. It really is that. Um, in US title era Booker T, you know, so I'm really, whether he wins or loses, you know, there's a graduation point in NXT. We know Melo's almost there. We know Braun's almost there. The guys that they've been building up are about right there. And so, whether he wins or not, his performance in this match is very, very important. How people receive him is very important. That is the biggest match I'm looking forward to. Like, I know, I saw Melo and and Dragunov in person two months ago. I know how good that's going to be. I know Tiffany Stratton's uh, progression and how important Becky Lynch has been to her and how she's going to perform. Those aren't question marks. Those are established things. I'm excited to see the Fatal 4-Way tag match because I want to see these kids, Bronco and Lucian. Um, you know, they were shooting dice. They were shooting dice on NXT TV, right? But exactly, uh, MDB999, look at DK Metcalf. Again, it is a look, it is a swagger, it's a presentation. Um, I, I think this is, it's not a defining moment, but it's a big step on the progression Uh progression chart for trick Williams. So that's what I'm really looking forward to the most. Cause Dominic who is good, you know, I think he would even admit, Hey, they let me in there with the Sami Zanes and the Cody Rhodes of the world. I'm in there with the best wrestlers on the planet. They make me look good, you know? So Dominic leading a match is going to be very interesting, but I mean, Hey, if you want a guy to be a top tier baby face, there's nobody on the planet you can put him against that will get more heat than Dominic Mysterio, as crazy as that sounds. It's, an, it's a compliment to Dominic. It's a compliment to Ray. But yeah, man, I, I think that that match is the most important match
1: for what NXT represents. We have a rematch on the card of Carmelo Hayes and Elliot Dragonoff. As much as we're looking forward to that, if we look past that going back to Trick, it seems inevitable that Trick Williams and Carmelo Hayes are going to have some sort of match down the line. Are you allowed to say people are anti-black if they're from Canada? Yes. We, <laughs> believe it or not, there is a wide population. There's a wide black population here. So no, uh, I, mean, I know, but yeah. I, I don't know if we can say the other thing. Um, listen. listen. I, I know who Donovan Bailey is. Like, I know. I, I get it. <laughs>
2: oh, God. We wait, wait, <laughs> right, from black hockey players, damn it. Okay. But no, Um, i tell you what. Shawn Michaels, again, on the conference call, was like, I'm trying to write the best wrestling show on television. I believe we have the best two-hour wrestling show on television. And listen, we've had, you know, the mega powers explode. We've seen the Hardy Boys split, Agent Christian split, the Usos split. We've seen all of these things. The Steiner split. I would present that at least on American television, Shawn Michaels has written the very best will they, won't they buddy rivalry that anybody's ever written. And the reason I say it is this, just on Tuesday night, you have Mello being too busy to acknowledge that Trick is going after the US or the North American title. In the same show, in a later segment, you have him dapping up Trick, but acknowledging that, I'm sorry, I'm just really focused here. A couple of weeks ago, you have Trick saying, I don't know, or I'm not sure, what do you say? I don't think that you can beat off but turns around and says, I know you can beat off Like again, this is how people should talk when they split. It shouldn't be good guy and bad guy. Like the key is a lack of communication. Right. And it's not that they aren't friends and they don't care about each other, is that right now they have different goals. And when you have different goals with a friend, the communication is not always pure, but it still exists. Like it's very, very, very well written. Um, you know, I when I talked to Mello way, way back, HBK acknowledged how much of Melo he's or how much of himself he sees in mellow. And so immediately my mind goes to HBK and Diesel, right? But it's so different. These guys are so much younger. They present so much differently. Um, you know, Trick Williams, if he existed with that body and that personality back when Diesel did, Trick Williams would be 92 time world champion, right? Because those guys didn't exist. But it, it's a different landscape. People are so much more talented now, so much more technically sound, that he is still learning. But yeah, I mean, Joe, you as a Canadian white man, I understand exactly why you think there is a collision path between the two of them. That is what I'll say. Now, hold on a minute.
1: <laughs> hold on. <laughs> My point in all this was actually it's not a battle of attrition it's not a it's not a, a hatred that boils between the two it's the idea that someone wants to be the best and it feels like trick at one point is going to want to say i want to i want to face the best i want to take on the best and it's not it's not a a good guy bad guy thing exactly it, it's it's just two guys wanting to fight each other to see who's who's the best in nxt because right now you you go you know what do they say Melo's like you come at me you best not miss mm that's trick tricks going to be the guy who wants to come at his friend respectfully. And of course you're going to have some, you know, some tense moments and all that. But I think at the end, whoever wins, there's a handshake. hundred percent.
2: Yeah. I think that, um, they, they they have an opportunity to do it the right way. Like we saw a very slight tease with the street profits, um, you know, like a year or two ago when it almost looked like Taz was going into business for himself in storyline, but like to try to win a match and the communication was off. And I'm glad they didn't pull the trigger on that because I think still um, they are so good together. And Dawkins is, he's beating the underrated claims. Like he's very, very good. Um, But yeah, I, I agree. I do think that Trick is going to want to test himself against the best. I think Melo's going to be very hesitant. Um, And what would be really, really interesting is if, even if it's a non-title, even if it's a false finish, trick visually getting a pin over Melo, I do not think hurts Melo because I think that, I think Melo's made, man. I really think he is. I think that while Dominic Mysterio is technically the young, cool guy on the main roster, nobody else is the young, cool guy on the main roster. I like Grayson Waller a lot. I think that he could be that austin theory he does not have that in him that's not a knock but he just does not have young cool guy in him right um you know tez and dawkins are into their 30s that is a mature act um so Melo does have the chance to be young cool main roster guy when it's time i do not think that even with synergy with nxt he would be hurt by a loss um, to like a trick. But yeah, trick getting a a visual pin or, or a visual advantage and them not going with that, I think would work for both of them. But I, I wholeheartedly agree this thing has to come to a head. If for no other reason, like you said, it's not good guys and bad guys. I want to be my own man. There is not a way to be my own man if I'm not testing the man. So yeah.
3: Well, what did Shawn Michaels say that the media call yesterday is like, too many stories are just "grr, I'm mad at you," "grr, I'm mad at you." Let's fight, type of thing. And this could be not that. A new day talks about all the time. We don't want to split. We don't want to do any type of match. If we got to do a match, here's kind of the way we want to do it. Really? But otherwise, we don't want we don't want to do any type of like turn on each other thing because that is the cliche in wrestling. And yeah, they do have a chance to do something different with Trick and Mello. I'd be fine if they don't have a match. If maybe Mello loses to Ilya goes up to the the main roster since they like having them lose titles and then going up and then trick can go after Ilya type of thing. And then maybe you bring it back up to the main roster at some point, or trick gives them the the vote of confidence before he goes to the main roster. You don't have to have a match, but I do think that if they do go that way, the respect, like, let me test myself thing is sort of the, the better way to go. Um, Another thing on this show is going to be the women's breakout tournament Bracket reveal a lot of talk of Jade Cargill. Is this if you were running NXT, Cam? Is this where you would introduce Jade Cargill?
2: No comment.
3: <laughs> are you are you uh scooping here? Can you DM me the scoop so I can pre write the story? <laughs>
2: Listen, everybody knows who Jade's best friend is, and everybody knows who my good friend is. (laughs) So, no comment. Um, Listen, I'd love to see Jade um, in any capacity on television. Um, Me personally, I don't know if, NXT is not a relegation. However, I think WWE, and you could hear how Shawn Michaels was was talking about uh, Gable Steveson. I think they would have been better served just having him do main roster things. Why is that? even if like even if it's limited? Because again, I was in the building when Gable Steveson got booed out of the building. I do not think Jade Cargill would get booed out of the building. What I'm saying is. So if you've been watching Colorado football, right? Um, they asked Dion about this five-star that they have, and Dion was explaining why the five-star wasn't playing. And there were like legitimate reasons for it, right? Typically, college coaches are not that upfront about a kid not watching film and not being prepared. And it's not saying that Jade is not watching film and not being prepared. It's saying that you, you know, you guys get the same emails I get. Jade Cargill is the First wrestler at least since I've been on WWE's communication email list to get an email blast about signing okay I think that you have her work and work and work and work at the PC but you don't have her touch anything before she touches Raw or Smackdown I just don't think you do okay um I, I just think that you put so much behind it that she needs to be in that higher space um I don't know if college reps benefit somebody whose debut match was against Shaquille O'Neal.
3: So you think it's a straight out of high school, straight into the pros scenario?
2: I think that there's never been a prettier Kevin Garnett.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Damn. I say LeBron, LeBron high school, right into the pros. I do like the Kevin Garnett. I
2: just think like, and you know, she's, Jade Cargill will tell you, there's still work to do in the ring, right? But I just think like, again, NXT is not a downgrade for anybody um, because I think it's very valuable. Um, You talk to a lot of the talent who's been wrestling around the like, EO Sky will tell you that NXT was valuable to her because as good as she was, I need to know where the camera is. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it, it has its value, but this is also somebody who's been on TV for a few years. I just do not think that you put them in AAA ball. You know, I I think you, 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 you put her up, you put as much around it as you need to, you drop those bumpers. If you're bowling, do whatever you got to do. But I do think you start her on the main roster and go from there.
3: Worse. i think there's a good argument for that I, I really do you do have to dm me the scoop so i can pre-write the story so.
1: shit oh that's, um, that's part of it that's part <laughs> um, of
3: it i asked ricky this yesterday when he was like oh i know who the yeah. uh retribution it, it, people yeah, were in yeah, yeah, and that's
2: why i bet you he sent you exactly as many dms as i'm gonna send you um <laughs> but i'll tell you what my 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 close personal friend my little homie lola vice though um i'm excited for her man i really am um I don't know if it's her tournament to win, but um, you know, we we got cool WrestleMania weekend. We didn't really like in-depth conversation. I say, look, you 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 a lot of hype behind you, you got the MMA background, clearly you're great looking. I said, listen, you cannot go in there and on social media talking about how you can beat these girls up in real life. It's not going to sell one single more ticket. It's not going to get you one more fan. That character that you present, present that, get in that ring and do your thing, but do not gas it that way because it has not worked for anyone. It didn't work for Riddle. It didn't work for Ronda. That's not the game. That's not what you're presenting, and I think she was really receptive to it and appreciated it. Um, I love how she's been presented. I love that she's next to Electra Lopez. That's I'm gonna fantastic say I'm for pretty,
1: me. pretty sure um, that was you who did that. Yeah, certain.
2: man. Hey, hey, listen, I'm not gonna say I made it happen. I don't got no pullback there, but um, I might have. You know, I might have made a prayer circle with the homies to make sure that's that's how things work out. But um. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think like her in there as somebody they put a lot of a lot behind. I think something like that has more value for her on the come up than it does Jade, who has been big time undefeated street champion elsewhere. You know, I, I just think that you got to push her past that if for no other reason than you presented it like a big deal.
3: I think they do see a lot in Lola Vice. By the way, I listen to a lot of her interviews and she comes off very well. She comes off very passionate. Um, it just carries herself well. And you're right, like I didn't realize that you you're the one giving her this advice. Can but she does not talk about like her MMA background of like, you know, yeah, I could go in there and just hold my own and beat everybody. And it's fine. She talks about like, Oh, no, I'm training. It's very hard. Like she does say maybe there's a little jealousy from, from some women because I'm in this position and, and they're not, but look, that's Tiffany Stratton says the same thing. That's the game, right? Like yeah. people are always going to be fighting for a certain spot, but she comes off very well in interviews and the fact that they trust her to do a lot of those, I always think says a lot.
2: I recommend to everybody: if you find yourself with a very large bottle of champagne and a few solo cups, you'd be surprised at the conversations you can have with with people in good positions. So, you, know,
1: you try to just walk me?
2: around with a bottle and a couple of cups,
1: and, and listen. You you can give some good advice for sure, for sure. I don't I don't know if I can do that. I got to go to the liquor store. That's an investment. You know how expensive champagne. Well, I didn't is? say I didn't say buy the champagne. I and
2: mean, we had bottles on deck, baby. It was different.
1: <laughs> now that Shut you the War War it, yeah man yeah <laughs> but now that you qualified it now I can't actually figure it out <laughs> oh anyway listen I, I I will go back to the jade thing for a second because I, I just wanted to put this out there not once in the women's breakout tournament that they've presented it has there ever been someone who comes in and dominates the field and you can tell that story just one time and I think Jade is the person with whom you can tell that story and have her just, just prove I don't need to be here, but I'm here, period in a story, and then it leads her to uh, to to bigger and better things. That's my feeling because they're going to do the announcement of the tournament brackets. You've got a big hot Becky Lynch Tiffany Stratton Extreme Rules match. There's something. There's there's room there. I don't know. That's that's just my feeling. Yeah. I'm,
2: I'm, hey, listen, steamrolling a tournament, that's different. I, I'm with you on that. That could be really cool for sure.
3: Uh, Cam. before we let you go here, we got to talk about, uh, your, your conversation with Eddie Kingston and how this came about and whether or not he was going to hit you with the spinning back fist over certain comments made a while ago.
2: Yeah, man. So, (laughs) um, I I know you guys have probably read the transcript on fightful.com. Um, I don't know if you guys got to actually listen to the podcast, um, because, you know, Eddie's, we're, we're not the same guy, but, you know, me and Eddie probably hang around the same people, got into some of the same stuff, look at the world kind of similar. And so when you listen to the podcast, it's way more of a of a conversation and jumping in between each other. But how it came about was simple, man. I watched Eddie win that championship. I've read his Players' Tribune stuff. I've always said his authenticity is just off the charts. I hit AEW the moment he won that title. I need to talk to Eddie. Um, And they obliged, man. I caught him, you know, on a mini press tour. Um, You know, and and Eddie being Eddie, we get on the phone because Eddie don't like Zoom, right? (laughs) We get on the phone And so we're talking, man. And, you know, how do you feel about winning the title, man? Who's the first people you talk to? Um, You know, what does it mean to do it in New York? And would you trade this for a Knicks championship? And he's like, of course I would. What do you mean? (laughs) Um, But what was really interesting. So there was, you know, you always forget where the original tweet comes from. Basically, somebody said on TikTok, Vince McMahon convinced the world that world champions can only look one way. And I was like, it wasn't, wasn't Vince McMahon. Like, even if Hulkamania is Vince McMahon, like, everybody kind of operated on the same system. They want their world champions to kind of look away. Are there outliers? Absolutely. But typically, guys with big shoulders, slim waists, big legs, million-dollar smile. That's kind of what they go with, especially on, like, the face side, right? So I literally was like, you know, that's what they look for, and it ain't no, like, not about Eddie Kingston. And of course, Twitter being Twitter, they turn that into, how dare you say that about my beloved Eddie Kingston and his physique? How dare you? And of course, like you can't hear it on a transcript, but I literally say, Eddie, I tried to have a nuanced conversation on Twitter. You know how that goes. He was like, uh-huh. Yeah. and starts laughing, <laughs> but no, I told him, I was like, listen, you are, um, you know, as complete as they come. And it's funny he's complete in the same way I joke about Adam Cole being complete, but you know, built like a grocery store bouncer. You know what I mean? Like it's, I'm acknowledging how good you are in spite of what may be a limitation. And Eddie totally understood. And he was like, "Yo, like people don't know how hard I work to be this. Like how much work I got to do to be this guy. And he was even like, do I overeat? Like, yeah, I do. And it's probably something I can work on, but I bust my ass to look like this. And it's like, yo, like, you know, Kevin Owens to me is probably, you know, he's one of the most complete wrestlers I've ever seen. You know, Shayna Baszler, um, does not have a Trish Stratus leader. Um, Tori, Wills, I'm just throwing names out there, but Shayna Baszler has a fighter's physique and I will watch Shayna Baszler wrestle over 99% of people on this planet because of how good she is at what she does. And so, nah, it's it's the guys who are mean and scary understand what you're saying because they have to operate in this world like real people. And so, nah, man, it was love. Um, it, It's one of the, my favorite conversations that I've had because like, I say no doubt a lot. I don't get to say no doubt when I'm talking to Steve Austin. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> you got to present different, but I get, I got to be me talking to Eddie and Eddie is always him. And even before we started recording, I said, Eddie, you know, as somebody who, who deals with depression, like I love you being you and I love just watching you live, whether you succeed or not. That means so much to somebody like me, you know? And, and so I think once you lead off a conversation with that, what you're coming from with everything else that you say, they understand the position it's coming from. And again, does everybody read social media? Yeah. If everybody wasn't a dickhead and you could actually talk to them about what they read, everybody would be way more cool and it don't get no cooler than Eddie Kingston. So, yeah,
3: I, I will say this to, to put you over a little bit. I've not listened to the, the interview yet. I've read the, the stuff cause it was on our website. Um, but to put over you doing the the interview portion and releasing the audio it was your danielson interview um i believe that was on the ringer i believe that article appeared on the ringer and i read it and i pulled something from it i was like oh this is really good because you're a fantastic writer and then i listened to the interview i was like oh this is different than the actual article it's much better uh the article is already good but like the conversation the actual conversation is so much better and like this goes for anybody out there listening to any stuff, I write a lot of articles. I transcribe a lot of articles. If you read that, I think they're fine. Read past the headline, please. I think that I think they're fine. If you listen to the actual interviews of this, it's so much better. So yeah, listen to the actual conversation because that's gonna tell the story, paint the picture better than words, as good as you are with words, as good as a lot of people are with words. If you listen to the actual conversation, that's the actual painting. You know what I mean?
2: That's what, um, for the anything, it was so important to me to not dress it up. Like, I literally, I talked to Sean, I was like, listen, I'm going to give you the interview verbatim. I don't want to put any window dressing on this. I want his thoughts in the moment, exactly what he's saying. His story, he's told his story. You know what I mean? Like, this is about what's going on in the moment. And the Danielson thing for me, like, at my heart, I like to think I'm a teacher. And so that was more for the kids who do the interviews and then have to write them. It was like, no, I want you to hear what i present what he presents and how i respond to it you know because he is listen you will never have a profession where the most talented person in the profession is also the most open person it does not happen um that's why we all sat down in the middle of a pandemic and watched michael jordan look at an ipad for 20 episodes because you don't get that from the most talented person to exist in the space. And Danielson is that, and was just the most open. Danielson has a lisp, and I didn't know Danielson had a lisp. He didn't care. He was being himself on the phone, letting that thing hang up, uh, if I'm allowed to say that. And it, it was great, it was fantastic. Um, but yeah, like like you said, I wish that, and, and the other thing is, the reason I got to release the Danielson interview is because Danielson has his own management outside of AEW, and his management is also super light-skinned like me, so we connect on that. Um, Hey, small world, if you watch the BS High documentary about Bishop Sycamore, one of the producers is Brian Danielson and Soraya's manager, Um, just, you know, because that's how the world works. But,
3: I um, that yeah, no,
2: it, it's, yeah, it, it was great, he's great. But yeah, I wish... That we got to release more interviews but a lot of that is and you guys have done this hey we got to cut out what they said at minute 20 minute 32 minute 48 because listen we've been talking about nxt um listen like you said uh who told you that lola vice listen man it really is college in that we are getting way pure emotion um, then you're gonna get from an AEW or a WWE because these kids really feel like they're fighting for spots and not just fighting for spots. There's different ideologies in NXT. There are the kids who have only ever wrestled at the PC and the kids who ain't kids who've been doing it for 10 years. Sometimes there's a clash Um and it's not coming to blows, but there is a difference of opinion, and so yeah, you're not always getting the raw uncut. We have to edit that, but yeah, I was I was blessed enough to get to talk to a Brian Danielson who literally does not care what he says, and nobody's
3: going to stop him from saying. So yeah,
1: and that's why we do live interviews exclusively <laughs> on this program. <laughs> there
3: you go. It's that way. If uh, anybody gets mad at us for, they can just say it afterwards.
2: Caden, I saw your dollar ninety nine. I know it costs $1.99 at 7 Eleven, you asshole. So
1: please leave me alone.
3: I don't think he's that smart. Let's not give him that much
2: credit. Yeah, I think he was just
1: going for the cheapest option.
3: Yeah.
2: I, re- I respect it. I respect. Shout out to Caden, man. Caden's <laughs> down at University of Florida doing his thing, holding it down in the swamp, man. That's my guy.
3: Ken, we appreciate you joining us today. Let everybody know where they can find you at. Absolutely.
2: Um, so Twitter. Instagram, Seahawks, C-E-E-H-A-W-K. Uh, most recent work with Fightful, of course, an interview with Eddie Kingston after becoming the Ring of Honor World Champion. A really fun conversation about rivalries, about destination, about future plans, about finally getting in Claudio's ass. Um, Really, really fun convo, so salute to him. Uh, most recently with The Ringer, uh, prior to All In. Talk to my man, MJF. Um, you know, it's funny. You know, I I kind of credit MJF with my first kind of leap into recognition in this space. Uh me and Max, you know, have been talking since the pandemic. Uh, he was nice enough to show up to my panel at New York Comic-Con and make an ass out of himself. Um, and that kind of put some eyes on me. We've been planning on doing this for a very, very long time. Um Love his progression, love his desire to be the greatest AEW world champion. Had a very fun conversation about um, self-doubt, about self-preservation, about the people he feels as rivals, the people who have helped him out. Um, Something that we did not include in the interview that this is probably the largest audience I'll have to kind of share this. We talked about a specific incident about comparing Slavery to the Holocaust. And as somebody I consider a friend, it's something we talked about more than once, something we talked about really in depth. He really did get to explain um, where he was coming from, you know, why he said what he said, his regrets about how he presented it. And, you know, I can say this because, again, not only is that my man, that was originally intended to be part of what we wrote. It didn't necessarily fit the bill, but that kid's growing, man. He really is. And while he has not gone through things that I've experienced, people like me have experienced, he has his own things he's gone through. And so it was really important for me to get perspective on how he felt. Um, And he trusted me enough to have that conversation. And so um, shout out to my guy, Max, man. Uh, The kid means a lot to me. I love his progression. I love that we finally got to put the words out to the ringer.com talking about Maxwell Jacob Friedman's pursuit to be the greatest, greatest AEW world champion Um, of all time again all time is weird when you've only been around for four or five years but not my fight um and then um you can catch me some Sundays some Sundays noon eastern 11 a.m central with my man Rob Wilkins my point is um talking about that week or that month in wrestling and then whatever else comes to mind so yeah that's a that's about everywhere I am these days
3: Cam, thank you again for joining us. Uh, enjoy Sunday watching the game that Taylor Swift invented, football uh, amid the, all of the wrestling, and everything. And next time you're on, we'll talk about basketball some more because a uh, big trade this week. That, yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: it's, it's yeah. freak time, apparently.
3: <laughs> what a name. What it's a name. They're going to make so much money off of those shirts, too. Yes. So, so much. That's really quick,
2: like, Jeremy, I think we have this conversation. Have you seen Giannis play in person?
3: No, I've not.
2: I saw Giannis play in person and Jokic play in person the same season and while they do very different things it's two of the most amazing things I've ever seen in my life. Just it, it's it's difficult to explain even though you see it on TV, but yeah, let's definitely um have that conversation later for
3: sure. I saw Russell Westbrook play in person his MVP season and that man mm-hmm. was on a mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> He plays basketball the way Russell Westbrook plays basketball, but his MVP season will always stand out uh, above a lot for me as a Thunder fan. But we can have that conversation at some point. Thank you, Cam. Appreciate it, man. All right, man. Y'all take care. You You too. too, man. Later.